you're listening to Over the Oxa podcast with Tracy Cole for all things to do with the mind for equestrians. So I am really, really delighted to welcome Emma Stamenkovic to the podcast. Emma is absolutely fabulous in so many ways. She is my Pilates teacher and she's my riding instructor, but has about a thousand other strings to her bow. So Emma's highly trained in equipilates and in yoga, Franklin methods, strength training, personal training, of course, NLP, mindset. In a nutshell, what she says that she does is to help riders and help them to improve their riding and how their body affects the horse and how mentally they affect their horse so that we can all be far more in tune with our horses and get more enjoyment out of it all. So welcome, Emma. Really, really pleased Bye. to have you here. <laughs> oh, thank you for having me. What then, going right back, what got you first into horses? So I'd always loved horses, but never, we're not from a horsey family, so never really had any interactions with them at all, apart from kind of petting them as you walk past them on a on a walk. And then my mum's best friend bought me a lesson for my eighth birthday. And then that was it. I was absolutely hooked. And every weekend, all weekend, I was there mucking out, grooming, tacking up, doing everything I could to help around the, the yard to, to ride once a week. And then from there, it grew and grew. And when I got to, I think I was like 13, 14, I used to go one evening a week and, and help out on the yard. And then it just it snowballed from there. And I don't think, I think I've had little gaps where I've not had a huge amount of interaction with horses, but pretty much from eight years old onwards, which is quite a long time ago, I've been hooked on horses. Wow. Wow. And I mean, you have your own horses, don't you, as well? Yeah. Yes. I'm very lucky. I've got a lovely five-year-old warm blood that's just growing. And I've got a lovely 17-year-old warm blood who is my broodmare. Oh, that's lovely. I cannot believe that Dreamy is five years old. I, I know. I going to say two or three. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I keep thinking she's younger than she is. <laughs> oh, fabulous. And so when are you going to back her? So the, the plan plans? was to do it last year, but then life had other ideas and she had other ideas with mud fever and abscesses and me just getting busy over the summer. But this year, this year is definitely the year she has got to... I'm, I'm just itching to get on her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, she sounds fantastic. She sounds like she's full of personality as well. Yes, she is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she definitely has an opinion and isn't afraid to tell you. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So although you said, you know, you started off as a youngster from a non-horsey family, getting obsessed with horses then, what made you go into horses for a career? Because a lot of people must have warned you off, you know, because you weren't going to make any money. You were going to be constantly yeah, poor. <laughs> definitely. My dad said, do not go into horses. You're not going to earn any money. You need to do a, a proper job and earn some decent money. So I, I took his advice and I started looking down law and went to uni to study law. And about two years in, decided that really wasn't for me. So moved away, thought I would become a sports psychologist and work with riders that way. Again, realized that being in an office, being stuck inside was not for me. I like being outdoors. I like variety in my days. 
And so I I went to uni at Nottingham Trent and went to study equine sports science and equestrian psychology. And then from there, it just kind of snowballed from there. And I, I, I was working on a yard at the same time because I was funding myself to go to uni. So I worked on a yard teaching and just loved it and, and loved helping people and seeing their improvements and being a, a really small part of that journey. And then with my own riding, I... I was always struggling with the same things. I could I could do lateral movement on the left rein, absolutely fine. But as soon as I went onto the right rein, I'd really struggle. And it felt like every single horse I sat on had the same problems. And then you start to think, well, it's perhaps me that's got the problem. So my instructor mentioned going and seeing Lindsay Wilcox-Reed, who is the founder and director of Equipilates. And from day one of meeting, I was just absolutely hooked. I, I loved the working on yourself in a studio without the complication of thinking about what the horse is doing and, and what you're supposed to be doing. You could make these improvements that instantly you could feel a difference on the horse. So I did quite a few months of, of training with Lindsay, doing group classes, doing one-to-one classes. And then she announced that she was going to start to train people to to teach aquapilates and so that was it i was straight on the first course that she delivered and i've been involved ever since and that's now 11 years ago i think it was wow coming yeah up, coming up 12 years i mean you were there apart from Lindsay, obviously <laughs> you were there in terms of aquapilates right at the start when Lindsay was very first starting to train people to become Equipilates instructors, you were right there. And of course, you worked really closely from that point onwards with Lindsay. Yeah, I'm very lucky that uh, Class Lindsay is one of my best friends. We we get on really well. Uh, she's really supportive of me, kindly gives her advice and supports me, helps guide me in, in, in the directions of of. Imp- improving myself and improving my coaching I still train with her I haven't done as much with COVID and things happening and and life getting busy but yeah she's always the person I would go to for advice and for support and for training Mm. and I mean you and and Lindsay together working with Equipilates you you've both kind of molded it a little bit haven't you it's not necessarily the same Pilates that a non-equestrian would go to is it it's it is very much for riders isn't it to improve their body awareness what what would you say was the difference then what what does somebody who goes to an equi Pilates class what what do they get out of it that perhaps a normal Pilates normal Pilates (laughs) what would they what would what do you get out of it as a rider I think the beauty of what Lindsay developed with the Equipilates is that it started with rider training using the Pilates methods. But what she's really supportive of is is people taking that in their own direction and using other other systems such as yoga, personal training, Franklin method, Feldenkrais method. There's physios involved with the Equipilates. So people can kind of take the information that she she offers and provides and then put that into their own system and into their own way of 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 teaching and delivering that information so it it isn't as prescriptive you must do this you must do that 
system, which is what I love about it. And every equipilates instructor around the world, I mean, it's international, have their own tweak on on the system so although they all learn the 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 base knowledge they will run with that in in whatever direction they choose for me equipilates is different to normal pilates because we understand the we understand the horses and we understand riding and we know how you as a person affect your horse and also how the horse affects you so we can help you to be more body aware and to be more present, which helps the horses. But we can also help you to know, well, if you're struggling with your rain contact, then this is the exercise to practice. This is the visualization to use. This is the awareness to, to keep in your mind when you're riding. If you're struggling with your sitting trot, this is what you need to go and do. And that's perhaps not something that you would get from generic Pilates class you might do depending on the person but it's probably not as guaranteed that you're going to get that yeah because you bring in lots of different things into our classes don't you it's not just pure Pilates we get a bit of yoga I know we've got strength training (laughs) (laughs) so it's nice that it is very tailored isn't it and I like the way when we do an exercise you'll say to us you know and this will improve whatever like you say, rain contact or doing some lateral work or maintaining balance. And I really like that because then you can see how it works for you on the horse. And and like you say, I mean, your journey started because of lateral work and being able to do it one way and not the other. And and you do see that difference, don't you, in yourself. So you, you do get on and think, oh, I didn't used to be able to do that. Or that way used to be really, really stiff. And you always, I mean, I, I, I know myself, you've thought, oh, my horse is really stiff going to the right. And it's not, it's, it's you. <laughs> the problem you have is that the horses have their crookedness as well. So they have that one rein they'll find easier than the other. They'll find one movement easier than the other. And then you add the complication of a rider on top that might be in the same pattern. And then it just amplifies that problem. So, so yeah, so it, it isn't always just the rider and it isn't always just the horse. It's, I would say, majority of the time, it's the, it's the partnership. It's how the two of you interact. And that's why I work a lot with riders on their horses. For me, I class myself as just a riding coach because I feel that the straighter the horse is, the better the horse is at being able to do a movement or carry themselves in a certain way easier the horse finds it the easier the horse then finds it to carry the rider and then the better the rider is sitting the more aligned they are the more balanced they are the more clear their aids are the less the white noise that's going on around is the easier it is for them to communicate with the horse so it's always this kind of two-way partnership of one affecting the other and I mean you touched on like the the partnership and everything and we know that it's not just the physicality of it that is important. Obviously, the mental game is important as well. So it might come as a surprise to some people that Pilates can help with rider confidence as well, can't it? Yeah, definitely. I think with horses, they they live in the moment. They're, they're not bothered about what happened three years ago or or anything like that. They're bothered about what's going on in that moment. 
Whereas as humans, we overthink, we overtry, we overanalyze everything, we come with our baggage, and that's not always the best way to be communicating with the horses. So the way Pilates can help you is to help you to be present and to be very mindful about what you're doing. It helps with breath awareness and breath is massively important to helping to calm the nervous system. So when we do get anxious and fearful, it can really help to calm that down and help improve alignment and our stacking of our boxes and our, our movement. Pilates will also help you with being more body aware. So noticing when you're starting to tense those muscles, when you're starting to tip forwards and lose your alignment and, and help to, to give you awareness and visualizations and cues to bring you back to, to neutral. But it'll also help you to improve your, your movement so that you can give very clear, effective aids to the horse in that moment where perhaps the horse is struggling to, to move themselves. Mm. And you, you mentioned breathwork. Have you got a favourite exercise in breathwork? Because there's millions on the internet, isn't there? Yeah. Lots of things that you can do. What, what, what sort of things would you say would help somebody who maybe isn't having a full meltdown in terms of riding, but just a flurry of nerves? What would you help them with? To be honest, I just keep it simple because like you say, there is a thousand different exercises out there and they are great to do when you're not on a horse and to practice and, and work out for yourself which one is best for you. But I think when you're on the horse in that moment, just breathing is is the number one thing. <laughs> we all go into these kind of shallow breaths and holding our breath and holding attention. So for riders in that first instance, I just say, just focus on your breathing. Notice the inhale coming in through your nose and then allow that exhale, whether that's through your nose or through your mouth, allow that exhale to come out. Think about just being able to slow the breath down. Can you count the inhale? Can you count the exhale? And just that just really helps you to be fully present in that moment or, and give your brain something to really focus on. And then just noticing where the breath goes in your body. So can you feel the rib cage expanding as you inhale? Can you feel the rib cage narrowing as you exhale? And that just helps to, again, bring your brain into the present. You're feeling something very real. Your, your brain and your body are communicating with each other. And that works as a really nice way, like I say, to just calm that nervous system, but also give you something very real to focus on and, and to keep you present. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's good, isn't it? Because if you're having to do something complicated, like you say, you know, box breathing and things like yeah. that. I know it's not, panic. <laughs> yeah, it's not complicated off the horse, but as soon as you get on the horse, you forget, don't you? Especially Absolutely. Yeah, wow. absolutely. Yeah. And I think just being able to just focus on the breath that you've got. And if you, you're counting your breath and it's a inhale for two, exhale for two or something like that, just see if you can elongate it a little bit. Can you go, can you count for three? Can you count for four? Just to kind of slow the breathing down and allow it to become a little deeper. That's really, really useful because it, like, it, I love the simplicity of it that anyone could do it and you could do it in warp or if your thing is trot that you don't like or canter because it may be that you walk and trot absolutely perfectly and it's the thought of canter that's absolutely doing it. yeah so absolutely. It, it doesn't have to be just a warm-up thing does it it could be used for no. anything 
Yeah, definitely. And I think using the breath in those moments where we would get tense, again, helps us just to relax and release those muscles and just be able to be in that moment. Yeah. And what's what's always intriguing to me is that you don't realise, unless you put your attention on it, which of your muscles are tense, do you? Absolutely. I mean, you don't know that your glutes are gripping that saddle. No, <laughs> And it's not no. until either you realise it or instructor says to you, just release there. And even then it can be really hard to let go because you're like, well, I have let go. It isn't switched on. And you're thinking it, that's really switched on. <laughs> and again, that's where doing things like aquaplatis off the horse really helps because we'll do exercises with you like the piriformis release that you really feel what it feels like to have a soft bottom and to feel what it feels like for your pelvis to be level and for your lower back to let go. And then when you're riding, you can then go, oh, remember that feeling when I did that piriformis release? That's the feeling I'm after now. So it kind of gives you an insight into your body for you to then harness that when you're riding. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you do work as well with mechanical horses don't you which I mean it's just fabulous for anyone that is trying to get the feeling without having to think about what the horse is doing necessarily and you work with a very posh one don't you now I do I'm very very lucky I I work with three mechanical horses that are all different ages Uh, so which is it is brilliant and they all have their their benefits so the one that I use at Lindsay's yard is a fantastic dressage mechanical horse made by Racewood and what we do on those mechanical horse sessions is we we kind of have a look what's going on in the rider we make a bit of a plan so kind of what can we can we change in that moment do some exercises put some visualization some awareness tools in there and then allow you to feel what it feels like to be in that alignment and to be in that posture so that when you next get on your horse, you know what you want to be achieving. Because sometimes I think we, we're trying to find that maybe sitting back or allowing your legs to be longer or whatever it is that your instructors are asking you to do. And it's a bit like you're searching for something blind. You've no idea what it feels like to be in that place. So you're constantly just trying to, to, alter yourself so that's where the mechanical course comes in really really handy to just help you to find that posture feel what it feels like lock it in so that you can then utilize that when you ride next time and then I also have access to a brand new all singing all dancing eventer simulator at Racewood where they make them in Tarpley in Cheshire and that's fab because I can do all that I do on the, the dressage simulator, but I can also add in show jumping. I can also add in going over cross-country fences. I can have riders riding in a dressage arena. So then things go out the window because there you have to think about steering the horse and not going outside the arena and trying to get from marker to marker. So you're not 100% focused on you. So it means that you can start to link it a little closer to your riding of 
well, can I be aware of my alignment and also focus on what the horse is doing? And you have the beauty of these mechanical horses that they always go on a straight line. They never spook at anything. They never do anything naughty. <laughs> they might stop. They might go slightly faster than you want at times, but that's about as far as it, as it goes. So it means that you can really focus on, on yourself. And it's great for people who are struggling with confidence. Maybe it's a canter transition because we can just practice that canter transition over and over and over again. And we can work out what visualizations work for you what nlp techniques work for you what is it that you need in that moment and practice it and practice it and practice it so that that pathway becomes really clear and really strong so that when you get on your horse you've then got a better way of doing things because the the great thing and annoying thing about bodies and brains is that they will always go for the pattern the the pathway that you've always done the one that's the strongest so when we're trying to change things we've got to try and make the new way a stronger clearer pathway so that your brain starts to choose it fabulous i mean i just cannot believe your mechanical horse can do jumping and, um, and it across country <laughs> wow yeah. yeah yeah it's amazing it is amazing what they what they managed to do and, and when you think what is it going to be able to do in another 10 years? Because they're always looking to develop them and improve them. The, the new dressage ones that are coming out are even even more upgraded. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's it's fantastic to be there and and to be able to see see the new things coming through and and be able to have a play. And I think what I mean, just what a fantastic thing for anyone who is struggling with confidence i mean you mentioned it and you you were talking about it because they don't spook and they don't they don't do you know unforced stops and things like that but how nice that you can then get that feeling and as you said make that new pattern in your brain and in your body so that whatever it is whether it is a canter transition or whether it is jumping or or whatever you don't worry about the horse at all and but you get yourself all ready and and all prepared for for doing whatever it is you want to do i love that idea yeah. so that's at lindsay's lindsay's in ripley isn't it in yes so lindsay's at ripley derbyshire yeah and then the other and one there are mechanical horses elsewhere and there are other pilates instructors that use mechanical horses i think majority of us that have got one anywhere near us use them for our clients because they are just so useful they just enable you to have that hands-on repeat 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 yeah repeat the exercise until that feeling is there yeah and I mean I have to give you a shout out as well because you're trained in this it isn't that you just go and do yes. things best you're actually trained to teach on mechanical horses as yeah. well aren't you yeah 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 so yeah, I've been I've done CPD days with Lindsay at at, at Pilates, and I've also done bits with other people as well. So yeah, it's it, it's always everything. It's it's always trying to do, to do, find another way because there's a thousand ways to do something, and the, I I definitely believe that there isn't a, a one way works for everybody, and a one one method is better than another. I think it, it's finding the way that works best for that person to help that horse and and for me that's why I try and look at different systems and and I'm interested in different systems because they they all have their their benefits yeah yeah 
And I mean, you you talked about Pilates now and the, and the types of classes that you do and the mechanical horse, but you're also a riding instructor as well. Yeah, that, that's my number one thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that just from personal experience, you know, the way that you teach is very calm, very much start small. I mean, with my horse, who was really, really nervous, wasn't she? And we were literally doing, I don't know whether it was even 10-meter circles. I think it was five-meter, two-meter circles, wasn't it? And it's just building it up. And I love that way that, you know, that increases the the rider's confidence because you're not saying, oh, right, do a whole lap of the school or even a 20-meter circle. It's just personalized to that person. Well, that that partnership really, isn't it? Yeah you can do and let's just start you off with something that you can both do and then just inch it I mean you don't go in massive steps do you he's no. taught like that or is that something that you you do yourself I think I've always like the way my brain works and the way I learn things is to do things in small baby steps uh, and build it up because I think there's nothing worse than feeling like you can't do something and to try and flog a dead horse, for want of a better word, but <laughs> you can end up people asking you to do things that you either physically or mentally can't do. And it doesn't matter whether somebody else on the yard could do that. If you can't do that, then then that's where we need to work. So I always try to break things down to the smallest, simplest part and then build it up from there. So I always think about with like a house, you build really good foundations and the better your foundations are, the better your house is. And that's the same when you're training horses. The more time you spend on developing really good foundations, the easier the rest of the work is. So you have your basic responses with the horse and the the better they are, the cleaner they are, the easier it is for the horse to be able to carry out your your requests later on and like with Darcy Darcy just didn't have a huge amount of focus because she was so bothered about what was going on around her so we just made her world really really small and then that allowed her to to kind of focus and to let go and to find relaxation and then in that the world opened up for her she started to be able to lengthen her stride slow her walk down lengthen her frame and then that helped us to to build on for improving her balance, improving her self-carriage, working on on suppleness and and so on. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. And I really like, even from the very first lesson, you were saying to me, look, it might be that today's lesson is about getting on and that's it. And it might be that it's because, uh, you know, Darcy was a young horse then and I wouldn't say she was bad. Someone no, gets no, no, no. It was just teaching her to stand still and that was yeah. what she did rather than saying, oh, well, I can just launch myself, you know, onto her back, even if she's moving. And I love that it was, it 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 just made it really easy because you think, oh, you know, I'm not going to be jumping four foot fences today. I'm, I'm just yeah. going to be getting on, getting on to a still horse and that's it. And it, it is such a pressure release to be taught in that way rather than someone who has an agenda let's say and you know if you've said I want to go and do show jumping or I want to go and do some dressage and they thought well if you want to go and do that then we need to you know get on with it and 
you know, no messing around with all this mountain rubbish, just get on. Yeah. I love the way that you do keep the world small for the partnership because that that is such a release and a relief for the receivers you know because then you're like oh I could do that I can I can wait until my horse stands still you know and for the horse yeah definitely I think for the horse as well you want them to be present and to be part of that partnership and we keep saying that that it is a partnership and if half of that partnership is off worrying about something else that's Mm. not very helpful for either of you and it doesn't promote confidence for either of you and it's not enjoyable for either of you and and my goal with every session that I do is that it's it's fun that you learn something and that you you both want to go back in the arena or go on that hack the next day not thinking gosh, I really don't want to do this because we've all been there. We've all had those sessions where you just think I'm giving up. I'm not doing this anymore. (laughs) And for me, the horses just take up so much time and energy and effort. And, and we're so passionate about what we do. It's got to be enjoyable. And it's got, like I say, it's not got to be just enjoyable for us. It's got to be enjoyable for the horse. And they like to know that they're getting things right. And therefore let's make it simple for them. Have you got, and this this is going to put you on the spot now, but have you got a little exercise, a ridden exercise that somebody could try, somebody who's lacking confidence, they can either do it between lessons or if they're not having lessons, they could just manage to do on their own. What what would you tell them to have a go at? Put some poles out. (laughs) Oh, okay. Poles are brilliant. Poles are brilliant because... They give you and your horse something to focus on. And I I teach more and more pole clinics now than I ever have done. And it's brilliant for getting riders to stop overthinking and stop overanalyzing and stop faffing and (laughs) over micromanaging because they're so busy thinking about where they're going and what they're doing next that they're not overanalyzing the horse. So I would say if, if when you go in the arena, it just feels a bit daunting, just set out a nice little pole exercise. I mean, one of my favorites at the moment is, is just putting out some some poles in the corners that create little funnels for you to go through, because then it helps you to really think about riding your corners. Uh, and I kind of set them out to create like an octagon shape. And it it just really helps you to think about your line and riding straight lines and moving the horse's shoulders around the turns and you can put some transitions in there you can put some changes of bend in there like you can make it as as adaptive as you want to but it just really helps you to think about where you're going and what you're doing but there are thousands of pole exercises out there that only use like four poles and that you've got like a hundred different exercises (laughs) you can do with those four poles so something like that, I would say, because it just helps to keep you focused on something. And you'll find that the horses really like it. They really enjoy it being something a little bit different. So, yeah, so that would be one of mine. And and just being aware of your body as you're doing that. So as you're riding your turns, just think about the stacking of your boxes. So we talk about boxes with your pelvis box, your rib cage box and your head box. And we want to make sure they're stacked on top of each other. And then thinking about your hands being a pair. So quite often riders end up with one rein longer than the other or one hand lower or one drawn back. So thinking about those hands being a pair and that helps you to ride the horse straighter. 
And then when you want to ride a turn, think about just turning your body. So we imagine that your boobs are a pair of headlights and you're turning your headlights around your turn. And that just helps to keep everything really quiet and simple and easy for the horse to understand. Oh, lovely. Lovely. I'm going to have a go at that. I haven't tried that pole layout, so I'm going to have a go at that one. Well, Emma, I, I, do you know, my final question is not really a question. It's kind of a statement because you can be found in a huge catchment area in England. Can't, you must have one of the biggest <laughs> catchment areas. So where can people find you if they want a physical in-person lesson or a one-to-one Pilates actually with you there? Where can they find you geographically? So I live in South Yorkshire. So I cover the the very bottom of South Yorkshire. I travel into Cheshire and do areas around kind of High Peak into Macclesfield, Congleton, and then heading towards kind of Torpoli, Kelsall area. I cover Staffordshire and do kind of Leek, Utoxeter, and that sort of area. And then I also do Derbyshire covering kind of Castle Donington, towards Derby, Cromford, Chesterfield area. So I basically cover round the edge and into the Peak District. That's wow. probably the easier way that, to do that That's <laughs> massive. So that, that's quite a lot of people that could contact you. What about people who are too far away? What can they do with you? So I offer online teaching. So we can do remote ridden lessons And if people are interested in that, just get in touch and we can look at different options for that. And then I also do online Pilates classes. I also do one-to-one Pilates classes. So, yeah, so that was one of the great things of COVID because people had asked me to do it for years and I'd gone, oh, no, 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 I can't do that, I can't do that. Whereas kind of COVID happened and then we had to find ways of doing things remotely. And, yeah, it's it's definitely opened, opened up the world that I can get to people more regularly than I would have normally been able to do uh, and also people that are out of my catchment area means that they can also have access. Oh that's fantastic I mean I know in our Pilates class we've got Layla from California haven't we <laughs> yeah. and then we've got Debbie who's constantly in Turkey so <laughs> I know, she looks the best line. <laughs> Geography is absolutely no barrier is it to get no, absolutely. And, and learning a bit from you Thank you ever so much. That was a great chat. Thank you. Lovely to talk about confidence and all of the kinds of things as well. I'll put your details down in the description box for anyone that wants to contact you. And I will see you soon on another lesson. Amazing. Thank you.